0: Uh, welcome to the latest edition of the Love Sport Podcast. You're joined by Paul and John, your hosts, your co-hosts, your hosts of Wonder. We're going to be talking about the NFL, the AFL, the NRL, and the EPL, and we're going to put in the top five teams we want to win those respective titles. Not the top five teams necessarily think will win it, but those we want to. This is the Love Sport Podcast. Another Love Sport podcast. We have a very special guest tonight. We have Chapo on board with John and Paul. How are we, guys?
1: I'm fantastic, and thanks for having me on again, as always, Paul. I really appreciate it. Good to be here, gentlemen, and uh, thanks for the invite.
2: First time caller.
0: Uh, loving the <laughs> voice too. I'm I'm being put to shame here. Uh, John, take it away. This is this is your time to shine.
1: Well, I'd like to. I'd like to, I'm really pleased to have um, Chapo on with us tonight. I just call him Coach. He's my mentor in all things coaching girls rugby, and everyone on the, on the podcast has heard me talk about that a fair bit. And just before um, we get things started, um, I want to ask Matt a very quick question. I said, Matt, you had an Olympic dream when you first started bringing girls rugby to Miami State High School. Tell us what you thought about, if you really thought it would come true, and how you felt when it happened. Yeah, that was a few years ago now, John, uh, 2015,
2: uh, the year prior to Would you believe my dinner's just arrived?
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're keeping this in. We're Ex- keeping this excuse in. Excuse me
2: for one moment. Thanks <laughs> uh, mate, can you come up to the second level? Cheers mate, I'll let you in. Coming up to the penthouse. I love it. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> well,
1: he's oh, looking no, out no. over the He's looking out over the surf, though. Don't worry about that. He's a rugby coach, don't forget. <laughs>
2: Oh, I forgot, <laughs> forgot. That, that's right. Yeah, twenty fifteen, and uh, cheers, mate. Much appreciated. I think I just got that from a uh, Brazilian soccer player, by the way. <laughs> what are you having? Have uh, you got the dark
1: wiggle sitting with you tonight?
2: I've got the garlic prawns and the um, and the uh, aubergine pasta.
0: Oh, hello. Right.
2: <laughs> yes. yes.
0: This show is not uh, sponsored by Menuog or any of the others, but uh, if, if Uber Eats anyone wants to come on board, um, feel free, guys.
1: And it's 100% live, isn't
2: it? <laughs> it is, it is. There's, there's no show there, no show there. Um, so yeah, the year before the Rio Olympics, we, um, we got together a couple of uh, girls rugby teams. None of them had ever played before and everyone was fairly buoyed by the fact that... Uh, Rugby was re-entering the Olympic space, having been uh, kicked out in the sort of early 20th century for violence in the stands and on the fields. Um, uh, re-entering, in a, obviously, a different format, seven-a-side rugby, which is which is pretty uh, exciting, uh, and. Um... You know, the girls took to it like a duck to water and, uh, you yes, know, all, all of a sudden the numbers were out of control and, and, and everyone was playing and everyone was having a lot of fun and we, we got some help from Queensland Rugby, which was great. Big shout-out to Ryan Roberts, um, who John knows quite well, been with us since uh, day dot back there in 2015. He was uh, actually working at the Queensland Rugby as a development officer, uh, one of their best, I might add. We'd come down to Miami a couple of times a week and, and mentor myself uh, and uh, some of the other teachers there and really gave a a, a really inspiring sort of uh, message to some of these girls. And that really didn't kick in, I guess, until the following year. And, of course, Australia won the gold medal, which was uh, pretty good timing. Uh, There's a fair bit of publicity around that. And then, of course, a lot more interest, you know, from the young... uh, the young students at Miami High School and other schools, I might add. Um, I'll give a, a bit of a shout out as well to Marymount High School, All Saints High School, who joined us back in those uh, dark old days uh, of the beginning. But, um, you know, we, uh, we had a, a conversation, actually, John and I around that time just after the Olympics and said, how good would it be if one of our girls somehow, somewhere in time actually donned an Australian jersey at the Olympic Games. Now, uh, you will remember that, John, I'm sure. Mm. I'm I'm also sure that we just didn't think it would be the absolute next Olympics, given that they were going to be in 2020. So I guess COVID, to an extent, did us somewhat a small favour there.
1: Yeah, it certainly did. And I think think one of the things about this, and and Matt's always... A guy for deflecting onto other people, but you know there was a process. That a lot of people don't remember about convincing not just the girls but also parents that playing full contact football at that point of any of the three contact codes um, that was a big deal. And I remember talking to parents, Matt, and convincing them it wasn't a bad. It was a good thing to do. And one of the interesting little stories about Maddie is that she was a dancer. We've got a bunch of kids in our program who are dancers, don't we?
2: Yeah, that's right. And our current Olympian, uh, Maddie Levi, who I'm sure Mm. you're about to allude to, uh, came from a very strong dancing background, was mentored by um, uh, fantastic teachers at uh, Miami High School Um, and, you know, always amazed us with her ability to stay on her feet Uh, and what a great skill to have in a game like rugby. Um, Just when you think she's being tackled, Uh, Somehow she bounces back up and and keeps going or spins out of a tackle and treats the sideline as a precipice down that edge at Ballymore that evening. Um, We just wouldn't have thought it would have happened so early. And I think even if you ask Maddie herself, she's only 19 years of age, uh, whether she would have been at the Olympic Games uh, at that age. um, The stars aligned for her. Let's just put it that way. It was only only a couple of months ago, John, when you and I were chatting and, and we said, you asked me you know, what chances are you to go to the Olympics? And I said, you know, probably 50-50, but right place, right time.
0: And we've seen that that crossover of so many sports and other activities, you know, girls who played basketball who are playing AFLW, um, NRL players who've done gymnastics. So we're seeing that crossover, which is, I think it's really exciting for women's sport, and it's something that men's sport hasn't allowed people to do for a long time. So I think it is that, as you said, the crossover and the core strength from dancing and gymnastics is we're going to be,
2: uh, going into fields we never thought we'd, you know, be recruiting from. Yeah, that's a good point, uh, Paul. I think that, um, unfortunately in a lot of professional sports, it becomes about the sport, um, you know, rather than the athletes. And, um, we often see the fallout of that too, don't we, you know, through social media and and, and all that type of thing. But, um, uh, these sports obviously have a, a huge investment in their players and rightly so, uh, but there is no doubt. You can imagine how good we actually would be at the Olympic Games if every AFL player was actually available to run the 800 metres. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Or the pole vault or the long jump or the 5,000 kilometre walk or however they—however <laughs> many kilometres. I think it's 5,000 metres, but uh, uh, maybe not kilometres. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that uh that cross sport opportunity that many boys get at school is extinguished way too quickly. Yeah uh at that elite level. But it's still available for the females right now. And again, uh Maddie Levi playing with the Gold Coast Suns and uh and now Rugby Australia has proven that point.
0: Let's just it- hope that it doesn't get to the point. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, John. Yeah, no, you're um, I hope it doesn't get to the point where these sports aren't professionals for these girls. they and, and not even really semi professional. That's right. So let's hope let's hope these sports don't get too precious and say, Nope, you're playing AFLW, you cannot play for anyone else. I, I just hope it doesn't get to that point.
1: Well, unless they buy their rights out and they mm. are prepared mm. to play enough to do it. 100 um, percent. then it's not gonna happen, is it?
0: They, the sports are very precious. They still may try and, and do um, something along those lines.
1: We, well, it's not really our place to get into the minutiae of those things with regards to people that we know. But the sports play, yeah, they do play hard ball. But, you know, until you can actually offer them a, a year-round contract, I don't think it, I, I don't I, – I actually think that, you know, maybe someone like Maddie proved that it is possible.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we've all
1: – You can't go higher than she mm-hmm. went. She went to the Olympics for Australia yes. and she was drafted and played a whole season with the Gold Coast Suns. Now, the only thing that she could do is to drop in and play State of Origin. Mm. You know, like she proved that it can be done and, and she did the whole thing on the bit yeah. with a smile yeah. on her face and excelled in both She got better through that. You know the AFL way better than me and Matt do. And she got better through that whole season because you'll keep an eye on her like we were. She really came, you know, she came through that season. She improved. She's going to be a hell of an AFL player going
0: forward. Well, that's the thing with AFL, and I'm not a rugby um, aficionado like you guys are, but with AFL, you can be the best athlete. But it's the awareness. It's such a different sport that it's a 360-degree sport and you can get lost on that big field so easily, whereas you've got more structures, I think, in rugby and rugby league. And you can learn those structures. So she's done amazing to be able to transition across
2: multiple sports. Absolutely. Paul, I think you're referring to the rugby term, run it
1: straight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's never lost on anyone. Hey, Matt, I've got another question for you about that. And I want to, Because we, have, we, we, we also have a, a, a guy who we talk to regularly called Pete Nowakowski, who's a big-time um, women's soccer development coach and all that. And we're always interested in the psyche of coaching female athletes. Um, Matt, what do you think is the absolute key to getting the best out of girls as opposed to boys? I know you're a, 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 a great coach of both. How do you see the differences in those two side by side? Good question, John. Uh, I guess
2: my, uh, the main, my main coaching in rugby began with girls, so I'm going to answer that question from a reverse point of view. Mm. Um, having uh, dealt with girls, uh, having had two daughters myself, having coached them through netball, having uh, employed females in businesses that I've run previously, um, I I have believed that you, first and foremost, I guess it's a little bit like a relationship. You've got to be able to listen. Mm. Uh, You can't enforce your ideology on women, I guess, as much as you can with the boys. I'll come back to that in a moment because there is a bit of a kicker with the boys. But uh, firstly, you've got to be able to listen. Secondly, uh, berating doesn't work uh, because the head can drop, especially because they are so new to many of these sports and they don't actually have a lot of knowledge so you have to be mm. careful of what you predetermine as their knowledge. Um, and again, that's mm. not degrading them in any way, but again, most of these contact sports are relatively new to the girls. Um, so from that point of view, uh, there's more facets, I think, to coaching uh, women, uh, especially you know teenage girls. Uh, there are interactions that occur. Within the team that don't occur with boys, boys just simply boys will simply say, Mate, I'm just going to fold him in half in the next tackle. Whereas girls will um, sort of, you know, deliberate over that for the next six months. <laughs> uh, now, coming back to the, the point that I said about the boys, um, boys actually think they know more than you mm, yep, uh, yep. Quite, quite often because they've actually played and they have a lot of knowledge. Um, And their mistake often is that they do think they know more than the coach. And that may may quite well be the case in some some respects. But, of course, you know, coaches are there to offer a a different perspective on things uh, and so forth and so on. So I think empathy is a big one. Uh, I think the the tone and level of the voice has to be adjusted somewhat. Um, And I think the uh, perceived and actual, you know, level of support has to be next level. John, you've experienced that. Um, you know, that's why you're well-received, very well-received by uh, your, the teams that you coach in the female space because you care yeah. about them and, you know, and you're more than a coach to them. Um, you're a dance initiator, uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, and you know, you know when to flick the switch off uh, and then when to flick it back on again because um, I think that these team sports for girls – is a relatively new space and they're, mm. you know, they're, they're managing their way around that a little bit.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think you've got to be prepared to, look, I mean, the Bervading thing is interesting because I did that once and I'm, I'm not going to say when it was, but you know what happened. And the one and only time that I did do that, I lost us probably two good players from that program and never got back. And I thought I was being, you know, the way you would do it and it just didn't work. Mm. And I really regret that to this day. But everything's a learning opportunity, isn't it? Absolutely. So you say, well, I'm not going to do that again. Um, it doesn't work. And and um, and I've got good um you know, I've got a reasonable relationship with the, the people who were involved. They just never played again. So I'm done. I was like, oh, my God. But the girls are very good listeners too. Um, yeah. um, you think that they actually take in everything that you say. And I just wanted for everyone's um, – Information out there, when we say Matt's a a great coach, Matt, I believe you received the highest award you can get from the Australian Rugby Union and were presented at, was it at John Eels medal night?
2: Yeah, that's correct. It's pretty fortunate. What what was that
1: thing called? Uh, That was the uh, Rugby Australia Community Coach of the Year Award.
2: Have you still got it?
1: Of course I have. (laughs) Right, you're telling who wrote your um, recommendation? (laughs) (laughs) That would be Mr... Right. Thorns- don't say anything. Yeah, don't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that was um, that's the level that um, Matt works at, and um, and he was recognised by the AIU at, at the John Hill's Medal night, and sitting there hobnobbing with all the the bigwigs, and rightly so. And Matt's got a suit that he wears to all of the school functions, and he wore it to that night as well, which was good. Yeah, that's right. It's actually the suit that I wore to my daughter's wedding. Right, because I saw it on Fox. I'm like, he's wearing that suit again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'll ask
0: ask both of you. um, I've coached female sport and worked in that space over the years. I've been out of the uh, space for a fair while, and I miss it very, very much. What would be the one thing you would tell a male coach going back into female sports? What What would be the one thing that you would both tell me to do if I take it up again? I'll start with you, John. What would be the one bit of advice you'd give me?
1: I'd say be patient, uh, work in relationships, and be skills-oriented. Well, anything to add to that one, Matt?
2: I think you've got to um, – I think boys, especially at the teenage level, I think boys just want to go out and play footy, Yeah. Um, whereas girls want you to uh, understand them, uh, yep. and they also really appreciate that you take an interest in – their families, their parents, um, you know, their hobbies, how they're going at school. Uh, the great, the great thing—I'm uh, sure John will agree with this—the great thing about being involved with uh, extracurricular activity at a school is you get to meet students that you'd probably never teach, mm. and you get to relate to students in a way that's not in within the confines of, a, of four walls of a classroom. Uh, So you can bring so much more to that relationship between teacher and student. And I think uh, that's where uh, we have a great advantage. And everybody says, oh, you give up a lot of time, but in fact you get so much back from that. And that makes your job as a teacher, I think, much easier.
0: Well, we're going to have to get you back on, Matt, because – John before said that we've we've got a gentleman called uh, Pete Novikowski, who's a brilliant um, soccer coach in New South Wales. He coaches disability um, futsal and he coaches women's football at all different levels. I'd love to get the two coaches on and bounce ideas off each other. So uh, mm. we would absolutely love to have you back on. Is there anything else in, in conclusion? I know you're very busy that you'd um you'd like to, is there anyone you want to give a shout out to or anything like that?
2: Look, I'd just like to give a, a big shout out to uh, all the girls that are playing rugby sevens at Miami High School. Hang in mm-hmm. there. We've had a couple of tournaments that have been uh, postponed due to the current, you know, situation. Hang in yeah. there, girls, and um, and uh, it will be worth the wait.
0: Well, Matt, it's been worth the uh, wait getting you on the show. John's talked very, very highly of Coach Chapman, as I—that's how I know you. Um, so, we'd love to have you back on again. And um, we hope you enjoy your takeaway.
2: Fantastic. Thanks, guys. Good to have a chat. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, um, coach.
0: I'll cut it out there for a sec. Hey, Matt, that was brilliant. Really enjoyed it. I uh, hope we didn't take up too much of your time.
2: Not at all, mate. I can actually, I'm feeling that the garlic prawns are still quite hot. So, thanks, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I and, and, and they are the real ones That's sitting in the oil Not the tomato
1: sauce Oh
0: stop I'm not having <laughs> dinner Until after the podcast again, <laughs> hey, mate,
1: you? I, I, I tell you what Before Matt, i well, just see if you can Cut <laughs> this one in Okay We do a thing called Kick, cuddle And and, and what is it? Keep? Keep? Yeah, cuddle, yeah I always get it wrong Matt you've got to Keep, cuddle Or kick One of these three teams Okay Balmain Tigers Keep No you haven't heard the others yet Oh, <laughs> the Waratahs and Arsenal.
2: Oh,
0: that is uh, harsh.
1: Okay, okay. Keep, cuddle, or
2: kick. Oh, the Waratahs definitely need the cuddle. Uh, <laughs> they definitely need the cuddle. And um, I'm always going to be keeping the Balmain Tigers. So, Arsenal, see you later, boys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is staying in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He loves his Arsenal, but he's got a record of them, has not he? I have.
2: I've got the the nineteen seventy eight FA Cup final on, on vinyl. It's so good, oh. and, and and it's and it's two two, and Arsenal are right back in the game. Oh, I love it.
0: <laughs> no, we'd good love to stuff. have you back
2: on, mate. So, Cheers, mate. Yeah, love boys, to do it when
0: you get the time. Uh, we'd love yeah, it your anytime. Amazing. Thanks, right. Matt. See you guys. Thanks, mate. Have, have a good
2: bye. night. Cheers, mate.
0: Ah, Just a bit of break in the show to remind you, you can get the Love Sport podcast on heaps of different podcast formats, but you can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook. You can also get uh, John at Lambic Peach on Twitter and me at Paul underscore football. Join in the discussion. Make this podcast one of your own. Hey, if you want to be a guest one day, let us know. This is the Love Sport podcast. to be joined by uh, Matt Chapman or Coach She, Coach as I'm now going to call him. Um, yeah. What insight into the rugby world that was, mate. And I don't even think we even touched the surface of what that gentleman knows.
1: No, that's true. But I can tell you as well, he's a massive um, football fan. He was at Kyle oh, Slouten when the Socceroos played. Um, oh, how good saved, a, saved the life of a Japanese supporter, which is a story I, I hope we hear next time he's on.
0: Well, we won't talk about it now. We'll bring him in. We'll Mm. get that story off him. That would be amazing. He seems very humble as well. So we'll have to draw those stories out of him, mate. But thank you for getting him on board. So tonight's podcast, for the remainder of the podcast, we're looking at the AFL, the NRL, the NFL, and the EPL. And we're going to give our top, not top five teams. We're not going to go, oh, this is the top, you know, the best five teams of any of those. We are going to actually say the five teams, that we would like to win um, the titles based on, obviously, in the NRL and AFL now, not many teams are left in mm. contention, so it's going to be a bit different. Mate, let's start off on uh, the NFL. Um, I think we're going to go, I don't care what order it is, you, c- you can do your five to one or, or start, you know, we might go. All right, well, I've time. got
1: four. I, I, okay, go in, four. Go. So are we in the NFL or NRL?
0: No, we're going to start with the NFL, mate.
1: All right, good. Right. Well, my fourth team coming in would be yep. the sadly no longer called San Diego Chargers. Um, I love their jersey. Um, they're a team that's never won anything. They've moved. They lost their fans. They're, in, they're now in L.A. They've unearthed a kick-ass quarterback. And I'd love to see them. You know what? Why not them? They have only went to the um, Super Bowl once. Stan Humphries was a starting quarterback. And Darren Bennett played in that team, I'm pretty sure. Did. Yep, did. And uh, they got poleaxed.
0: Well, I'll do my number four. That's a great summation. I'm going to do my number four just because I think this city actually needs a fairly decent team. And that's mm. the New York Giants. Um, because growing up, that was I was very close to following the Giants. Um, the, you know, I started watching... Um, on ABC and Channel 10, the NFL coverage, and yeah, Don Lane. Don Lane. Followed, yep, and that's why I almost followed the Giants. And I only found out yesterday, all these years later, because my dad actually got me into the NFL. My yeah. dad's a giant, my dad's a Giants fan. I never yeah. knew how amazing is the world when you don't know your dad is a Giants fan. So, that's well, you know, it would me. have been
1: better if you hadn't heard because I got to tell you, they're in my bottom four. <laughs> of all time the most boring franchise in the history of the the planet I and mean, play boring boring quarterbacks and you know what they bumped us out at Lambeau Field and Brett Favre's last game and oh uh, we've had some gut-wrenching exits in the NFC Championship game yep. that was the yep. worst I mean we, that uh, to me that was the worst and that was it for Brett and he's my favourite player of all time so then I would near my top four.
0: I'm making an executive decision. We're not going to do our five. I'm making the decision now. It's going to be just what you said then. We're going to do four of each, okay? I think that'll be much mm. more succinct. Um, in my um, third position, so I'll, I'll jump ahead of you on this one. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm actually going to go the Raiders. Um, just because I, I know it's... I think the Chiefs have got a great quarterback and they've got a brilliant coach and everything, but I'm already bored of them. So
1: I'm going to put the Raiders in number three there, mate. I told you the Raiders, but then we had a caveat that said they've got to be able to win it.
0: Yeah, that's true, but they still have the ability to win it because no games have been played.
1: think Derek Carr's one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the NFL.
0: Uh, I think uh, he's rated by those who know. Like, I think people like you and I rate him.
1: Well, I don't think we're really in the glitterati of the NFL. No, you we're know. not. Uh, uh, media, but
0: I'm talking but, about amongst
1: normal people. People in <laughs> the real know, like us. Yeah. But um, I do think that Derek Carr, he was, it's horrendous sometimes listening to American media crucify quarterbacks. You know, it, it, and, and some people get a free pass for everything and some get a free yep. pass for nothing. And Absolutely. I think Derek Carr is still getting flayed for things that happened to his brother, which really weren't even his brother's fault. Nope. Nope. So, so yeah, I, I like the Raiders, yeah, why not? You can have them. That's a good choice.
0: I appreciate it. And your uh, your third one there?
1: My number four is a team. You said four. Haven't you, my my number before. three. My number three is a team that um, from a city that is a very difficult city to live in. Um city with seemingly lots of issues, and uh, and not just that, but their owner's an issue and their name's been an issue and their name's gone. Ah, And now they're just called the Washington FC. And I think one of the most beautiful jerseys in the NFL. And I'm going to go, and I think they've got a legitimate chance um, in the NFC. I think it's a a long road to hoe for them. But they've got some great players. I'd like to see Washington FC do something in my lifetime as well.
0: Now, we're just going to put it out there to people that John and I, I'm a Miami fan, John's a Green Bay fan. So we're going to take them out of the equation. Mm. Everyone would know that those teams, we want to win. So we're doing this, um, we are taking our teams out of the equation. Of course, we'd want them to win. Yeah, My number my number two is Washington. So oh, really? Cool. Said. And, and because of their history, I always loved watching them when I was growing up. I think their jerseys are amazing. And I... 100% agree with you. I'm going Washington is my number two, mate. So that goes mm-hmm. to your numbers. That you're up to number two now as well?
1: Well, my, numbers, my number one and number two was so hard, and I bet you know exactly who they are. They're both in the AFC. <laughs> um, they both start with B, and the two of the most malign. Now, I, 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 what I did was I up to ferry this in the order of the team I think has got the best chance to actually win it. Yep. So I put it number two. I put the brownies. Look, I just... Last year, it felt, or almost, it really felt like they were going to make it. Yeah. They were a little bit deficient in some areas, like and maybe Baker Mayfield's not the answer. But you know what? He's more of the answer than they've had for a long goddamn time. And I kind of like the way Baker holds himself. And I don't think every quarterback has ever had to be perfect to win a Super Bowl. No, and a dude can really not. sling it. And, um, you know, so I've got them at number two. Um, I love the Browns. And I love everything number... about them. If I wasn't a Backers fan, it... yep. I would be a Browns supporter.
0: So already know your number one is the Buffalo Bills. Uh, mm-hmm. We always talk about my favourite 30 percent That's 30 Pete's minutes. team. It is Pete's team. Well, we've made yeah. it Pete's team. Pete, if you're listening, it is your team. Um, the Bills um, were right there with me with the Browns. But being a Dolphins fan, and I have to bring this in, mm. it just means if the Bills win it, The Dolphins haven't had a good year, right? So I had to... Totally understand that. There's no one
1: from the NFC North getting anywhere near my list.
0: So I've got to say this. If the Finns weren't in, I would love Buffalo to win. They're a football city. They're a football town. They are football mad and such the unluckiest franchise you could ever imagine. So Mm. um, I I would have had them. I've given you my default position. I'm going the Browns as well.
1: With but that's everyone, pretty cool. Right? This. I think we're almost parking our car in the same garage apart from um, the New York Giants, eh? Uh,
0: 100%, 100%, mate. So that, that was good. So people, let us know. Love Sport uh, Podcast. You can get us on Facebook or Twitter. Let us know your four teams that you would love to see win the NFL 20, uh, 21-22 season. Mate, we'll jump straight into the NRL. And once again... Um, We'll just put our hats out there. I'm a Storm fan. Um, so I'm taking Storm out of the equation.
1: Right. So I'm you're not putting, a bit you're... teamless. I guess if I had a team, be North Queensland. Um, so I'm I, might take them the out.
0: I might have thought the Knights there for you as well.
1: No. Oh, well, we, <laughs> I, look, that's part of the thing. It's, it's 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 been a rough road with the NRL with teams coming in and out. So
0: It has, mate. Um, it has.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: There's not a lot of teams, I don't think, mate, from my perspective, I don't think there is as many chances in the NRL. A few weeks ago, I would have said, I think there's only five chances in the NRL to win it this year. So if I'm taking, if if I really have to do this, okay, okay. Number four, I'll have to do it because I want good things to happen on the Gold Coast. I'm going to go the Titans at number four.
1: Well, I looked at the latter and I looked at who is still in, available to be in the eight. Yes. It's not like the NRL is wrapping up next week. So you never know what's going to happen. And yeah, you've got the Titans at four. Um, I have both the Titans and the Raiders in my top four Yep. Um, of teams I would like to see win it. Well, I still think the Raiders got done it a couple of years ago and it seemed to be a little bit like um, the Naomi Osaka thing where no one really seemed to care that much. <laughs> you know, they, they seem to get robbed by the – and no one cared. I was no, like, oh, that's brilliant. That's, that's fine. No one said a thing. The Raiders got totally stitched up in that grand final. Yeah. Um, this, is a, this is a really tough one And you never get a chance. Every, every year, people go, well, let's hope the referees don't get involved and change the grand And when they actually do, no one says anything. No, no. Well, Sorry. Mate, this is a to tough angry. one
0: for me because there's not many teams that have a chance to win it this year that I actually like. So mm. that, that's a tough one. So who did you put in your number four position? Because you've said Titans and Raiders are. Oh, the Raiders. Four. Okay, so Raiders in number four. What do you, what do you got there for number three? Titans. <laughs> so for for the third position, I'm going to put in. Oh man, I hate them all. Um, they're not going to do it. But just because I think their jerseys are amazing, I'm going to put the Eels in number three. Right. <laughs> okay. Now our captain. You, know you know Well, it comes.
1: You know what it comes down to, don't you, Paul? We're both going. There's no way I can pick Melbourne or the Chooks.
0: <laughs> Pretty much. Right.
1: Pretty much. So, everyone's the same. I mean, look, the thing is, they'll probably play in the grand final, but I don't want either of those teams winning it. The only way they can't win it is by not being there.
0: And I'm holding back. I'm holding back on that, mate. Oh, you're so a Melbourne
1: num- fan anyway, aren't you? So, you've got to take them
0: out. So, I have to take him out. So, number two... Mm. Um, just because I really think this is a football place. I think this is a football, not only a football team, but this is at the foot of the mountains. They are a football city, aren't they? I'm going to go Penrith, number two.
1: Oh, they are a football city. They live in Brevard. I worked there for about, be a year and a half after I got married to Louise. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, no. And you yeah, I to tell a lot of people out there and went to a. Good couple of games at the foot of the mountains, and they really do live and breathe it. Um, yep. Gus Gould was involved at that point, uh, and yeah, but they were, yeah a great place. Uh, you've got them at two, I've got them at one, and so
0: we so we've
1: both got the Rabbitohs
0: in there, right? So I've got the, no, um... I've got the Knights at number two. <laughs> you got the Knights at two, okay? Yeah. And I've got I've got the Rabbitohs because
1: it Talk about football what... cities. That's a, that's a rugby league city.
0: Well, mate, look we. Another shout out to Pete. We always have a laugh if we're watching sport at the same time or if we're at a venue and we see a guy wearing a uh, South jersey because it doesn't matter where you are. I've been to, you know, games at Redcliffe. I've been to games at Suncorp that are soccer. I've been to AFL games. There is always a Rabbitoh's man in the
1: crowd. The green yeah, and red great. jersey for some reason. They're a great club, but look. You know, they they have had a moment in the sun in recent times and Wayne Bennett's coaching them. So I'm not going for them. My other no, we'll team be... that I had at fifth was Para.
0: Yeah, I can I can see that, mate. So look, well um this is speeding on nicely. I'm enjoying this. Let's mm. uh let's flick across to the AFL, mate. Now, there is a massive last round this weekend because seriously, even some of teams who are trying not to make the eight. Can still make the eight. I mean, theoretically, they can still make it. So, at number four, and now I'm a Richmond supporter. We've had our time in the sun, and we're missing the finals this year. And you're a Brisbane Lions supporter, so we have to take those two out. We've said that as a as our caveat or our rule for the night. So, who've you got at number four?
1: GWS.
0: Oh, I like it. I like it. At number and four. And I really,
1: if GWS win the make it to the grand final. We had a run of the hills because the last time I made it was the worst game in history.
0: At number four, I've got Essendon. Um, now Richmond and Essendon obviously don't like each other. Um, they're both mm. on the sash, but the reason is that I do know a lot of people who follow Essendon. I think they're a great, great club, and uh, I, I wouldn't mind it. But the way they're playing, the way they've drafted players, mate—they've drafted six-foot-five, six-foot-six guys who are not just footballers; they're absolute freak athletes. And they've probably got about three or four of them who are twenty or twenty-one, so their their style of football goes against the current boring chip it around style. So I've got Essendon number four.
1: One of the things that drives me these days, point not what other people think, is that I'm more afraid of teams becoming dynasties and getting on my radar again than I am of one-off potential teams mm-hmm. to win premierships. Yep. Yeah, because the line, the line success is so far in a rearview mirror now that I always judge it by. Well, I think we're the greatest team ever, but what, you know that sort of thing? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, so, I'd be much more comfortable with GWS making a GF than Essendon.
0: You, you know what's funny? I, I've been so relaxed the last few weeks with, you know, I, I could see Richmond's season a long time ago falling over, right? Mm. And I can now actually enjoy a final series and not care. Uh, you know what I mean? And and I might even get to a final if I'm lucky enough. So, who knows? But, yep, uh, number three, mate. So, I had number four, I had um, Essendon, and you had GWS. So, who have you got at three? Frio. Ah, so do I. Not joking. I mean, I, I... feel
1: for that I feel for that fan base.
0: Uh, my daughter's also, my oldest uh, beautiful daughter is a Fremantle fanatic. So, um, I've got Fremantle Really enjoyed the derby the
1: other night. The atmosphere oh, was electric. Atmosphere?
0: Oh, have, you, have you been to a game in WA?
1: No, not of AFL. I've been to cricket, but not
0: of oh, AFL. Mate. Oh, mate. I'm telling you now, the AFL atmosphere was already electric there. I've uh, mm. been lucky enough to see a derby and stuff like that. And it is, say what you want about their supporter bases at times. They mm. are, oh, it's, it's so loud. I, I love it. So, we've both got Frio there at three. So, number two, um, I might jump in on this one, mate. Uh, number two, oh, Oh. The reason I'm jumping in, yeah. I, number two, I'm going to go the Bulldogs. Um, I know they won in 2016. Um, I just, I know they're going to really struggle to win it now with some key injuries. But yeah, I just, I could, I, I, wouldn't mind them winning another one. So I'm going to go the doggies at two. No one
1: can be jealous of the Western Bulldogs. I've got them at two as well. So who we got? At,
0: let's, let's do this on the count of three. We'll do who our number one team is, and then we'll mm-hmm. explain why. Three, two,
1: one, Melbourne. Melbourne.
0: <laughs> we didn't quite get that right. But yeah, I got Melbourne as well. Um, what, they haven't won a grand final in... 1964. I mean,
1: 1964.
0: So 57 years. So I've got Melbourne for that. I, I don't really like their fan base, mate. I, I can be honest, growing up in But Melbourne, you pretty much
1: say that about every fan base. Uh,
0: yeah, I do. You actually. do? You, you, well, you,
1: which you fan base gold. do you like? Yeah.
0: Um, Let's go and have a look through the list. No, don't like them. Don't like them. Don't like them. Don't like them. No, you're right. Oh, I say that about every fan base. Um, but it's—I
1: always—we we don't get to talk much about Richmond's fan, <laughs> Richmond's fan base, man. So you know, it's—it um, is what it is.
0: Okay, I think you agree with me. I love the fairy tale stuff. I loved when the doggies mm. won it. I loved when Sydney won it after all those years. I've got to tell you now, even though I hate when they play us, I would absolutely love to see St Kilda win a grand final. My grandparents were Saints. Um, a fair few people know my history at St K- of St Kilda. But the Ds, mate, for me, it just would be one of those fairy tales with their supportive base.
1: You know, they've, they've had a lot of hard times. And, you know, one of my most vivid memories of following um, Australian rules or VFL or whatever anyone called it in Queensland as a kid, was when I came here in the late 70s and you'd get the games on Channel 7 and yep. perennially, Melbourne, Richmond no, not Richmond, Melbourne, um, uh, the Bulldogs and St Kilda were always the whipping boys of the comp and it just I'd... went on and on and on and and, it, and it's gone on and on and on and, on and, on. and Melbourne have made a grand final here or there and those games have generally been a dire disappointment.
0: Yeah, mate, and their fans totally are pretty agree. loyal,
1: and I really do hope that they can hang on for for their sake and win. And we're one hundred percent honest. If the Lions can't win, I really hope that Melbourne do, because the thought of Geelong winning, I mean, we're not like we're not like um in nineteen ninety one anymore, and you know we have to come on and go, oh my God, you know. Poor old Geelong. They've had plenty of good times, and I'm not interested in them getting another dynasty going.
0: My old mans um, uh, he chucks Sydney into the fold. He just likes the way they go about it. He likes the fact that they were struggling last year, so I just want to do a shout-out to him. And he's uh, got doggies in Melbourne up there as well. Um, Neither of us have. Actually, Dad does not want Melbourne to win at all. My dad... Grew up in a time where the he's still angry was, at Melbourne from the he 60s? Is, he is. He, uh, from the 50s and 60s when my dad grew up right. to the games. Well, where would he we'd have the
1: Lions on his list then?
0: He'd have them pretty low as well. He loved right. your team of the 2000s, but we've had some run-ins with Lions supporters the last couple of years. So What's well, going to happen? You live up here in your Richmond fans. Yeah, absolutely. But that colours that things, doesn't it?
1: Well, you so, know, nice, what I about would nice love, Brisbane okay. fans like this is, me, mate? I, you know. If you're
0: staying on a podcast, this is staying on a podcast, and this could lose me a friendship. I'm going to say it. I would love Brisbane to win for you, but I would not like Brisbane to win for certain supporters. I'll leave it at that.
1: <laughs> mate, we're all the same. Next. About as, Come on.
0: That's about as controversial as I get. now yeah. um, mate. We'll, we'll finish off this section. and It's been a... Pretty good podcast, but um, I'll finish off this section with our EPL top four teams. We're not saying the top four teams, we're saying our four teams that we would like to win it. Um, who can win. Who can win. So they've got to have their possibility. Well, you can't really there. have
1: Bradford in there.
0: No, you can't. And uh, But let's go, mate. I, I'm, everyone knows on this podcast, you're a Newcastle fan, I'm a Villa fan and look, they're not going to win it anyway. <laughs> we can't we win, don't worry, them. it's not happening. At number four, you have Arsenal. We, we had the caveat that they have to be able to win it.
1: They are, like, <laughs> legitimately, they're, they're somewhere near at a big club, I guess, you know, still.
0: Uh, mate, um, uh, yeah. On a similar vein, I'm going to put Everton in there at number four.
1: Hmm.
0: They're just a similar-sized club to Villa and and great supporters. So, yeah, for me, I'm going to put Everton at number four. I I didn't give enough
1: credit last week. In fact, I give no credit whatsoever to Rafa Benitez taking over at Everton. And I just want to say that my heart's still weeping and bleeding with the fact that Mike Asher allowed that man to walk out the door after what he did to set Newcastle up for success. Yep. Um, I think he's one of the great coaches in world football. I love the fact that he doesn't just go, let's throw everyone forward and see what happens. He's got a plan. And, yep. you know, I was talking about Ancelotti. If Ancelotti walks out the door, you're bringing Rafa Benitez. Yep. Yep.
0: Yeah, good call. Good call. What a manager. So I've got evidence you you've had. you got Arsenal. Um, hmm. So who have you got down at number three?
1: Leeds. Now I know that sounds counterintuitive after what happened at the weekend. Mm, mm. I think that out of the three clubs of me, you, and Sean, I think Leeds have got the potential to finish the highest. They've got mm. some really great players. They've got a coach who's committed to attack. I just thought they left themselves massively exposed at the front. They're pretty naive. And I think that Bielsa's and his own like he's got this whole machinery of of uh, publicity that seems to work around him and to paint him like the Mother Teresa of world football, but. Mm. I know that he can – he has to be – if he's flexible. I'm not saying the are to win. And part of it is, who do you want to see win? Well, I'll give it the – I took out all the top four or five teams. I'm not going with them.
0: I don't think Leeds have got the depth, mate. I think they're going to be a bottom 10 team this year. I think at their very best, they can beat anyone in the competition. But I was looking through their depth, mate, and they've lost some players. They haven't really gained anyone. If I can't, you pushed me and said, who, do you, who
1: would I want to see win it? yeah. Yep. I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, my God, you know, I'd much rather see Man City win it than Man United. Oh, no, who no,
0: cares? no. Yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. And, and people could say the same thing about our, our choices at fourth. Um, good call, Leeds. And we've got a lot of good Leeds mates out there. And, and they are some of the greatest football supporters in the world. There is no
1: doubt in the world about that. Because I think what three- we should do is put, a, is put a separate category in out of the top four or five. Who would you like to see winning out of them? Yeah, well,
0: we can come do you to you know what them. I mean? I'm, I know it's I too late did, to change okay.
1: stuff, but I didn't put any of them in. No.
0: Nah. Look, I, you're going to be surprised at my number three, I think. Um, and this is because I actually would love to see someone different kind of win it. And I'm going to put Tottenham in three.
1: <laughs> mm. Well, you All put right. Arsenal there. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you I know that. what? Like, you know, I think Brentford might be the biggest club in London right now. Or Chelsea, I suppose.
0: Yeah, Chelsea. Chelsea, mate. But I know what you're saying. So. So who, you've got you've got down at the moment, you've put down Arsenal and Leeds. It's
1: a couple yeah. of choices there. Um, Number two, and, um, because yep. of heavy metal, oh, I'm going to go with West Ham.
0: Oh, serious? I did the same. Yeah, we, really? Yeah, I, I had West Ham there because... They've got a chance to knock it
1: on the door. They won't I win like it, 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 but
0: they'll get close. Yeah, but you, you know what? I want evidence and I want West Hams and and so forth to, to, to knock... Knock it around a bit. What I mean by knock it around a bit, change up this foothold that so many of these teams have on it. And you're not going to like my number one, mate, but um, who are you going for number one? Oh, Leicester. Yep. What kind of... Uh, That's going to sound so horrible. I'm almost bored of Leicester. I'm going to put a no, team... No, the, the team.
1: team. I look at them and on the West Ham thing, the Steve Harris Iron Maiden connection is massive. With Leicester... Um, they are the only team in that group who you go legitimately, they can still actually win it. Yeah. And and you have to believe me, you have to believe me that I'm not bored enough of Leicester yet to think I want to see City, United, Liverpool or Chelsea beat them. Yeah,
0: I I know what you're saying. And I I have put Liverpool at number one and and it's, Gonna sound really stupid when I'm saying it. I want things to change up and everything, but I, mm. I kind of, I kind of went. One of the teams really has to have a chance. It, it, when I was looking, at it, I thought one of them really has to have a legitimate chance. And I looked at Man U, eh, whatever. Their supporters have had so much success over the years. I look at Chelsea and I think, yeah, you've bought a lot of success, but you do have good supporters. I looked at Man City. They can't sell out a stadium. I'm not going to pick on them, but. Who wants to see a club like that continue to win? And I went, out of all of that, Liverpool. You know, had a, had a bit of a shocker last year and I just think with the Australian connections that Liverpool's had, I'm going to put Liverpool as number one, mate.
1: And, and this is one of the things that people, if you're a United fan or a Liverpool fan, think I'm getting on your clubs. I mean, I'll sit here with my hand on my heart and say I think that those two clubs are the heartbeat of English football. And oh, have been yeah. for yep. forever, and I yep. like to think that maybe my own club and yours is like a like a little aortic um, artery or something. But you know, the, the those two clubs are the, and we, you know, i say those two clubs, of Arsenal, yep, are the three main clubs in England. Well, I, I don't, I, this is you only get yourself in trouble, but you know what I mean. Yeah, you know, no, you've no, got no. to have someone in London, and you've got yep. those other two. And I wish it was us, but it's not.
0: Oh, okay. Thank you for saying that because that's what I was going to say to any Man U supporters or anyone else who listens to this. I admire Manchester United and what they've built um, for so many decades. I admire the history of Liverpool. And Mm. that's why, whilst I don't have to love them, I still go, man, I wish my club had done what they've done. There's no way you can follow football and, and not wish that your club had had the success of the Uniteds and the Liverpools. There's no, no way. and
1: not everyone does, but you'll you don't have a game if everyone just goes for the same team. 100%. so you know and, and and I'll and I'll keep my lot even though we're absolute rubbish, and I'll always look to those and 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 they're the games that get you excited. I uh, mate, you know what? I love the fact
0: that um I love the fact that we've we've come out with some of these top fours and we've excluded our own teams. I just wanted to go over a couple of results uh, over the weekend, and yeah. I just want to say um, Brentford beating Arsenal. We did actually pick it on the podcast last week. Uh, I said to you that Brentford would beat Arsenal. Did. Yeah. Um, Man United leeds You're 100 percent correct. I thought Leeds played some nice football, but they it, it, it was, was having such a great gaffer, it just looked very naive. It, it, How it is the connection between
1: between Pogba and Fernandez um, up front?
0: Absolutely amazing. Um, mm. Leicester did what they had to do against Wolves um, We thought potentially I think you might have picked Leicester to win 1-0 or, or, or There mm. um, Chelsea were Absolutely clinical against Crystal Palace and if anyone thinks I think we might have actually both picked 3-0 For Chelsea yeah. over Crystal Lowell Palace Rufus. as well um, They were And I think they could have won by more uh, mm. Watford, absolutely sensational <laughs> Against a very slow starting Villa. well done Watford That, that was really showed What you have to bring to the uh, Premier League. So, congratulations to them. Everton were fantastic against a very disappointing Southampton. I think they're in for a really tough season, mate. I'm not sure about you. Brighton beating Burnley. Brighton, you I
1: I would have thought that was never going to happen.
0: I thought for some reason. Oh, yeah, Okay. For some reason my head, I thought I had you as as Brighton, but um, that's a big win. You know, it's a valuable three points. Well, I think there. we
1: both tipped Brighton for the drop, didn't we? And then they go to yeah, turf more. We did. That's right.
0: Yep. Uh, Norwich were absolutely outclassed by Liverpool, and they had um, a long
1: year coming up.
0: Oh, they do, unfortunately. Um, I love their colours, but uh, Virgil van
1: Dijk just you... looked so good in that game. Uh, that guy coming back. Isn't it what great an absolute to see someone, weapon to have coming back at the back. Isn't it great to
0: see someone who, you know, it wasn't just it wasn't just a career ending; it was life changing potentially that injury for him beyond football. So, really happy to see him back. He's a class
1: well. act as well.
0: And that's why I think they can win the title this year. You get something. I like think that, I
1: don't. think that Klopp's built Liverpool very much inside of that. We have to be. Decent people. It, that, that is not a, a club filled with TWATSs. No, I
0: agree with you, mate. And I'll, that and that
1: makes them a little bit more, I think, connected to the soul of what that club is all about. And, and you know, now you start to look at it from a weekend. It's only one game. But I watched the whole of that game. And I was super impressed with the whole setup. So, so was I. Mate, uh, I'll let you touch on your own team. Well, we started like a house on fire. Yep. Saint Maxim showed I mean he he just schooled Declan Bryce. Yep. Great goal. I was always said one thing I wasn't afraid about this year was can we score goals? And I think I was shown to be correct in that. Jacob Murphy has been excellent going forward as well, got the second goal. Um we played like a bunch of remember Roy and H G used to talk about hapless water, buffalo stuck in the mud. <laughs> and I was at the back, I, I just don't know. Like it, Steve Bruce was, was such a great defender as a as a player. Seemingly he, he inherited, don't forget this, when he took over from um from Rafa, Newcastle's one of the tightest and stingiest defenses mm. in the Premier League. Super organized. It's the same players. But they yeah. look like they don't know what's going on. And he's a great, you know, um defender. I just go, oh, come on, you can't be like that. Squandering two goal leads, and I'll tell you what, that wasn't a penalty. No. And and I think it was offside and all that stuff. But it still doesn't matter because at the end of the day, the penalty got saved. No one jumped off their line, didn't kick it away. Um, and so it was a very disappointing result. But I do think Callum Wilson is going to score a truckload of goals this year. That dude's awesome. As he's... Uh...
0: Danny Ings for Villa, that will wave it at that. Um, mm. So you started you started off like a house on fire and you ended up like your house had burnt down.
1: So Well, I'm not know. sad. Ka-ching! I'm not sad because, you know, the fans forever are always calling out um, Steve Bruce, say he's not attacking enough. Well, you know what? Sometimes when you play like that, you want to play like millionaires, sometimes the yacht gets burnt down. I, I'm a big believer in setting up from the back. I'm not into this. I'd rather right. eke out a 1-0 win... And I, I when we when we're two you know, when we're in front two times, you, you've got to shore it up, you've got to hold on. mate, and that's why I think that's why I'm happy about Villa's
0: future going forward. I think we've got a really young back line who's building together. So I've I've always been of the same philosophy. Build it from the back, get really solid there, and then you can bring plays in. A lot of people would see this as the upset of the round, and I actually think it was. If you watch the first ten minutes of this game and you didn't know the score, there's no way you would pick Tottenham one. Manchester City nil.
1: Because well, they played Son up scored. front and it worked
0: out. City could have scored three or four in that in that first you know five to ten minutes. Oh, that's the only way I got points in our fantasy league on the uh, on the weekend, mate. I have I've got Son in my midfield, and he scored. That's why I got him. So uh, I actually went all right. You know
1: why I went all right? Because um um Saint Maximum and 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 um and what's his name uh, Wilson. Just I should have, I was literally at one point was toying with drafting the entire Newcastle setup.
0: <laughs> hey mate, did you um? You, what points did you end up on?
1: Forty three. Uh, forty one.
0: Forty one. I got forty five. So we're and can very, you pick very, a very captain? Twice.
1: Because I tried and
0: I couldn't do it. No, I don't think you can in the draft league. Um, right. So the reason, just for listeners to know, the reason we've got a fantasy league going, we we filled fifteen of our sixteen spots, and we'll do it for other sports next year. The reason I did the the draft, I wanted... Well, we could definitely do an NFL one. Yeah, we're going to do that for sure, so we'll get that going soon. So on the Love Sport podcast, on our Facebook and Twitter feeds, and also through some other channels, Paul uh, underscore football on Twitter, we'll put up an invitation for our NFL and we will do a draft. So it, uh, did
1: you enjoy the draft? Well, I did, but I had some problems. I had some major problems in that I'll tell you what happened was that Every time it came to me, everything I could not get out of having players across the entire league come hmm. up in alphabetical order. Oh, so Every one of my players who's not Newcastle starts hmm. with A. Oh, I mate, couldn't man. get away from it. I was like, A, B, C. Who's do?
0: that? Did you set up a watch list before you started?
1: No, I'm not that organized. I'm okay. a school okay. team, man. I'm a busy, dude, man.
0: Okay. Okay. With your NFL. I 41- scored 41 points. It worked. You did very well. But on your NFL one, set up a watch list. So you, you can get about 30 or 40 so players. I've either got
1: players who got... start with a play for Arsenal who, or who were injured. <laughs> and I've got Callum Wilson. That
0: makes, that makes darn good sense. So we'll just right. finalise this. We've got uh, Liverpool Burnley on Saturday night. Uh, Liverpool should rock that in. Unfortunately for you and I, Sunday morning is Villa Newcastle. So I don't know what's going to happen there. It's at Villa Park. First time Villa Park is going to be full in the longest time. A um, couple of players coming back. I think we're going to beat you 3-2. There's a sneaky bit of hate
1: between the two clubs and the fan bases. You know, the fans are going to be in there. Yep. Um, I think it's going to be a bit tasty. You know what I'm tipping? I'm tipping Callum Milsom to score and us to park, to park the bus. And Ooh. I don't know too many defenders who can tame the St. Maximum, the Callum-Milson combination, and then you've got Jacob Murphy at the other side who could actually send in really good balls. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think, I think, I think, I do think that we have to be a little bit more reserved, sit yep. back, and 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 see what happens because I know we can score. I'm just not sure we can defend. Um, we've got both of our keepers, two first-choice keepers are out. We've pulled the dude in from Lone and Swansea in... Um, I think his name's Goodman. But he played all right. It's not his fault we lost. Um, so you know, um Carl Dallo's got COVID. Hey. You know, yes. I don't know if you knew that. Yep, so right um, you know, there's a you know, I, but these games, I mean, we've got to target that it's a game we've got to we've got to go after it. We're not go after it. We have to believe we can get a result.
0: Well, I'm gonna go I'm gonna give you three more games out of the out of the comp, right? Leeds well. and Everton, okay. I think this is a tasty, tasty game because both of those teams are going to go
1: for it. Well, I also think that the one of the best defensive organisers in the EPL is Rafa Benitez. So I think that could be. I mean,
0: it's one of those things. You go somewhere the start of the season, but if you start with a couple of losses, a little bit of the pressure goes on. So I don't know. Both teams think,
1: might be happy with, a two, with with a two all.
0: Yeah. Yep. Um, Man City Norwich now. This should be a romp in the park for Man City. But what happens if they draw or lose? There's
1: going to oh, be a well, lot then of maybe talk. Maybe Pep just leaves and goes to PSG.
0: Yeah, I think so, probably. No, you'd expect Man City to romp it in. But wouldn't it Wouldn't it be a nice little tasty start to the season if City didn't get all three points there?
1: Oh, that'd be fun. would love that, but it's I don't not think gonna it's going to happen. happen. No, not going to no. happen.
0: And the, awesome. one that is, the one that is extremely interesting, he's already under pressure, Arteta.
1: Is Arsenal Chelsea? Mate, really? Arsenal are struggling for relevance against Chelsea. I mean, that, that, they are disappearing from the conversation about about London, let alone the EPL, aren't they? I, I really admire Arsenal, to be honest, as a
0: club. I think they're one of the great, great stories of the last few decades. But they are—they're really...
1: not now. They're struggling. No, they're no so. And the well, fans they... are getting angry. I mean, they've they're... already and Arsenal fans, rightly so. Are getting angry because you know they're all they're getting sucked into that sort of pit that we live in.
0: Uh, and the season tickets are the highest in England, of of any club. I believe Arsenal's the
1: highest tickets um, on average. So that so d- here's a quick question: You're still at Villa Park? Yes, absolutely. We're still at St James's. Yep. Um, Liverpool's still at Anfield, and yep. Man United still at Old Trafford.
0: And Leeds United are at Allen Road.
1: How many Arsenal fans do you think wish they were still at Highbury?
0: Oh, I would say a lot of them. Same as Tottenham.
1: Mm, especially White the White ones White who Lane. don't live in London anymore.
0: No, what, what a brilliant name. It's one of my favourite names, we've spoken about that before. Mate, it's Ooh. been an amazing podcast. The time has gone so quickly. Any shout-outs as we finish this one off?
1: I've got a quick a kick, cuddle, or quit for you.
0: Oh. I haven't got one for you this week, mate. I feel
1: like I to right. it's a the Field talk, of right? Dreams matchup. So this famously this week, uh, Kevin Costner put on his Field of Dreams matchup there. Yep. Um, and I believe that was a bit of a um, a woke disaster in that everyone was upset about the sponsors and you know, yes. whatever we can get upset about, we get upset about and boo. Okay. But for on that theme of American disasters, okay, keep cuddle or Kick. Yep. Yep. Simone Biles' early
2: mm-hmm.
1: Naomi Osaka's quick exit at the French Open. You bugger. Yep. Or Joe Biden's super quick exit from Afghanistan. Because <sighs> I think it feels like it was, it was all leading up to this one moment. It's like oh my it's god, it's like the other Have two were I Trojan horses. This? How can I even answer this
0: and and come out with any credence whatsoever? Um, Okay. I'm definitely kicking Joe Biden and anyone who hasn't supported all the troops and families have given up all the sacrifices. We all, the people I know in my life feel the same. I feel, Mm. I feel, I feel personally betrayed. Um, I've got a cousin who was there for a couple tours and we'll, we'll barely speak about it. And I feel, all world leaders who've just stayed silent, and Joe Biden has to be the figurehead because it is the biggest country in the world uh, to most people. You know what I'm saying? Not population or anything.
1: There, it was there. Just, it
0: was them that took us there. Uh, I'm just, yeah. I'm devastated, man. I'm really. I feel mm. betrayed myself. So I'm going to say I kick Joe Biden. Um, I'm going to cuddle Osaka. No, I'm not. I'm going to keep Osaka, <laughs> and I'm going to cuddle. I, I don't like any of them, but I'm gonna I'm gonna cut all the gymnast, um, because they're generally small.
1: Well, I'm not gonna. I do not want anyone to think that I am playing fast and loose with the Afghanistan situation. Yep. For me, I'm concerned about at the moment everything American, and yep. I'm concerned about the fact that they seem to at the moment to be embracing failure and exit and sitting down and they're no longer what they were. And that's as a person who absolutely loves American sport and respects uh, yep. the United States as one of the great, uh, you know, as the permanent leader of the free world. How's that sound?
0: Mate, I'm look, I'd love to finish the, the, the pod on a high, but that has really, and I can't just talk for myself. Other people got their feelings That has really devastated me, to be honest. Um, But, hey, look, I'm not a political... um... Look, if you want to talk about glass houses just quickly, mate, I think our leadership in our country is at the lowest point it's ever been. I'm talking all states and territories and and federal levels of government. I should be really quiet about this because potentially I could be in a bit of trouble. Um, But our leadership in so many levels is just so disappointing. I just want people to have principles and I want them to stick to them and I want them to be compassionate. Um, so that I, I don't think we've got that in Australian politics at the moment.
1: Mm. Cool. that was pretty dark. All right, mate. Well, do you want me to give you an alternative way of wrapping up so you can cut that all out?
0: <laughs> no, not at all. We're keeping it in. Um, this has been another Love Sport podcast. I just want to say this. Our listeners are amazing. The people who contribute to this podcast, whether it's answering questions, um, whether it's being part of our podcast group on Facebook, you can actually send through a friend request to that group um, and we will have a look at you. We've got someone on there at the moment I have to get rid of because he's putting up Jesus propaganda and so forth, which I don't know who you are. But, hey, it's a sporting it's a sporting group, guys. I'm a Catholic. <laughs> I'm
1: good with that. I, you? So are you. Hey, What's so he am saying? I.
0: But, hey, go and have a look. I might have blocked them off. No, it's, it's right. really out there stuff, man. So, Okay. <laughs> right. Any any final words from you, mate?
1: Yeah, I want to say thank you to any of our listeners out there who's, uh, who did or who have family, who've served in our armed forces or in our yep. police. Yep. And uh, thank you for everything you guys do for us.
0: I'll just throw a bit more thank you there. I'm going to say thank you to people such as yourself and uh, Coach Chapman and those who are bringing up our children in such difficult times. You are part of their parenting as well. So I want to say thank you to all the frontliners, the teachers, everyone, mate. So a bit of love out there.
1: All right, and everyone else...
0: Uh, Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Love Sport Podcast. You were joined by Paul and John. You can get me at Paul underscore football and John Atlantic Peach on Twitter. You can also get the Love Sport Podcast on Facebook and Twitter as well. You can get the Love Sport Podcast on Apple. You can get it on Google. You can get it on whatever you want, whatever format you want. This is, was, and always will be the Love Sport Podcast.